Let's go to Psalm 19, and I want to talk to you about the value and the integrity and the power of the Word of God. And I'm going to tell you on a practical level, my goal is to help you to get in love with God's Word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's Word will not pass away. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's our sustenance, it's food for our souls. Job 23 says, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. We all have appetites, but I believe if our spirit was connected with our central nervous system, we would be ravenously reading the word of God. And so my goal is to stimulate you with a spiritual hunger. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And nothing else really satisfies. You don't want your appetite spoiled by lesser things. God's word brings faith. God's word brings a clarity about who God is, about our origin, about our, that we're made in his image, our identity. Issues are really dealt with clearly in the scriptures about our purpose and about the ultimate destiny we have to be with him for eternity. And I just want to say a blessing to the people whose moms have passed. Um, they're having the best Mother's Day. And just that you live honorably and you're here today serving God is a tribute and you're a blessing and you're carrying on in faith and obedience. So, you know, Mother's Day is a big deal, but today is the Lord's Day. We're going to get into his word. Father, I thank you that all scripture is inspired by you and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man, the woman, the child of God may be adequate, trained, equipped, efficient for every good work. God, I'm, I'm convinced, and this is my bias, that we are your workmanship, and that we, in fact, have each been created in Christ for good works. There are no two of us alike. We're, it's foolish to compare ourselves among ourselves. We pull away from that, and we celebrate our uniqueness and the diversity in the church. And God, with all the different parts of the body, I pray for activation and deployment, and that each person would carry a new level of the word going forth into this crazy world in the name of Jesus. Amen? Uh, scripture is inspired by God, and it's not from the act of human will it says in 2 Peter 1.21, but men were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. So now let's go to Psalm 19 and I want to read what King David exclaimed about the word in chapter 19, verse 7 through 14. I'm reading the New American Standard Bible. And by the way, I want to encourage all of you guys, if you don't have a good Bible that's sewn bound, don't get one that's glue-bound because it'll break, right? But in any case, if you like the New International Version or you like the New King James or you like the King James, it's a beautiful translation. I like the New American Standard Bible. There are paraphrases like the Message Bible. There's the Passion Bible now that's just come out. The New Living Translation, the Living Bible. There are a lot of great translations. And I just want to encourage you to go to one, find one, uh, buy a good one that has good paper, a good cover, make a little investment on it, get a cover for it, carry it with you wherever you go. I realize people are using tablets and electronics, and those things are virtuous, no question about it. I, I use uh, my uh, iPad for study, and it's really helpful, but there's something 
that happens with the hand-eye coordination, the dexterity, the touch-feel look, the places on the page, just the turning of the pages that uh, I find super helpful for my learning style. So I want to encourage you guys to get everything you can out of this book from Genesis to Revelation. It's God-inspired. In fact, here's what, what David said. I'll read this, and then I'm going to quote something from one of my favorite pastors, Jack Hayford from uh, Sherman Oaks, California, Church on the Way. But here's what it says here. Psalm 19:7. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. Soul restoration is, is needed today. Jesus is the great psychologist, the great therapist. He's the great physician. He'll straighten out our thinking every time. He'll renew our minds with the word. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Wisdom will come to us about expenditures, about spending habits, about investments, about relationships, about decisions we have to make. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. We're going to talk more about that light. This word's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. You know, last night I got up and I grabbed a flashlight because I have shins that have markers that prove you need a flashlight in the dark when you're trying to navigate, even in your own house. Because just when you think you know where everything is, you find that you put something or somebody else puts something there that leaves markers on your knees. You know, when uh, you cut a tree, you, 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 know, you judge the age by the rings. You can tell how long I've lived by how many marks I have on my shins. That's all I'm going to say, and I don't want you to ask me to show you. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever. You know, the fear of man is a snare. What's the fear of man? That's the preoccupation of worrying about what others think about you. My wife said this, and I thought it was such a great revelation so many years ago, that the fear of God is similar to the fear of man. When she said that, I thought, what? what? The fear of man is concern about what other people think. The fear of God is similar. You, you become concerned about what... God thinks, what would God want? You know, remember that famous, what would Jesus do bracelet, you know, that came from that In His Steps book that was written a hundred and some years ago. And it's where it's like, well, the question is, can I do it in the name of Jesus? Would this be what Jesus would do? And the fear of God is consideration for how he feels about things. And if we shift and that becomes our focus in our conduct and our decision-making and our, our actions, public and private, our lives are going to line up and get better. If we get in the fear of man, we're constantly preoccupied with what other people think, and that ends up being a form of crazy. So uh, God wants us to have the, teach us the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is clean. It's pure. It's right, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than Bitcoin. They are more desirable than standard oil. They are more desirable than the solar panel company. They're more desirable than Microsoft. They're more desirable than Tesla. They're more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. In keeping them there's a great reward. Who then can discern his errors? Acquit me 
of my hidden faults. Also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Who is grateful that God covers a multitude of sins? His mercy. This is what people need today. Jesus is the redeemer. There's only one way and it's through Jesus Christ. Man, we find that in the word. It says this, also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And everybody said, the public reading of scripture. Now, this is where Pastor Jack Hayford weighs in on the complete trustworthiness of the Bible, the complete trustworthiness of the Bible, the word of God, that the law of the Lord is perfect is a direct reference to the absolute, complete, and entire trustworthiness of the Holy Scriptures, which constitute the Bible, all 66 books from Genesis to Revelation. The Word of God is perfect in its accuracy and sure in its dependability. Two terms are generally used in theological settings to describe these features of God's Word. One, inerrant. It's without error. It's perfect. It means that in the original copies of each manuscript written by each Bible book's respective author, there was nothing mistaken or tinged with error. Nothing mistaken or tinged with error. Further, the excellence of the Holy Spirit's protection of the scriptures over the centuries has ensured that the copies delivered into our hands from the generations past are essentially the same. Even literary critics who claim no faith in the truth of the Bible attest to its being the most complete, reliable of any book transmitted from antiquity. Remember I said the other day that with Socrates and the writings of Aristotle, there are only so many manuscripts that, they, that the archaeologists have found that were preserved in libraries and found in places of their diggings that justify and substantiate their truths. Whereas with the Bible, there are thousands and thousands. In terms of its actually remaining unchanged and dependably accurate, in fact, I do believe this. In fact, one day I was witnessing with some friends up in North County, and we came across in our conversation a guy that was sort of agnostic. He said, well, I believe there's a God, and I believe, yeah, I believe he created. And my friend was a very uh, adept soul winner. So he's having an engaging conversation uh, with this man, and this man's kind of debating with him. I'm standing there watching, and he says, uh, so do you believe there's a God? Yeah, there might be. I'm not really sure, but I think so. Well, well, then do you think he created the heavens and the earth? Yeah, I suppose he did. So then you think he made the stars? Uh, yeah, why not? Yeah. He said, okay, but he, said, but he didn't believe in the trustworthiness of the Bible. And, it was, and so my friend basically just led him, led him into this situation. And then he said, well, since you think God created the stars and he could hold them all together, don't you think he could take care of 66 books for a few hundred years? And the guy went, hmm, touche. And, and this is, in fact, what Pastor Jack is, is exhorting us on. And this is what I, Pastor Jeff is exhorting you on today that the Holy Spirit authored through people, all scripture is inspired by God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And it's profitable. You know, we're looking for things that are profitable. We're looking for things that 
build and that strengthen and that improve our lives. You know, I want to tell you, somebody wrote a book, and in their book they wrote about our church, and they called it a Bible church, and I appreciated that. That is honoring. Uh, we are a Bible church. St. Louis Family Church, number one, Jesus is the head. He's the head of the church, and the center of all, everything is Jesus. Jesus has a plan, and we want to love him for who he is, for what he does, for how he functions, for his ways. Teach us your ways, Lord. Number two, the word is the foundation of St. Louis Family Church. It's a roadmap. It's the faithful guide for faith and conduct. It shows us what to do, how to function, how to pray, how to not only survive, but how to thrive. Number three, the Holy Spirit is the guide. He's our teacher that always leads us into the truth. And in fact, the Holy Spirit is the one that activates and shines and reveals to us. He's the one, the agency of which the inspiration came for people like Paul the Apostle or Peter or David or Moses to write down God's thoughts. These are God's thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But as we become hardcore, committed, devoted Christians and disciples and walk with Jesus, our thinking starts to change. Our, our hearts get joyous. Our vision gets clearer. Our purposes get more demonstrable. Uh, and then a sense of, of, of faith and unity and, and, and then accomplishment occurs. The Holy Spirit is doing something fantastic in our time. The Lord is doing something, to be sure, amazing in your case. He has been faithful toward you. He has walked you through. Uh, whatever your case is, I'm telling you, God cares about you and he loves you. Jesus loves you more than you'll ever know. And his word is true and it's sufficient. And the Holy Spirit will take from Jesus and he'll reveal it to you. A spirit of wisdom and revelation. You're designed to experience God, to walk with God, to know God in very practical, very essential, very accessible terms. God doesn't make you spooky or flaky. God doesn't make you goofy or mystical. God makes you supernaturally natural and naturally supernatural. I'm telling you, it's weird not to be a Christian, but I'm telling you, it's balanced to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm a big believer in this. Church is not a subculture or a counterculture to try to compensate for the crazy world. This is God's original plan. This is God's original purpose to have us connected with him and fellowship with him. And I found it all in the Bible. This is where you find this. Number four, the culture is full of faith hope and love. Are you a faith church? Of course we are. Are you a hope church? Absolutely. Are you a love church? No doubt about it. Faith, hope, and love, these three abide. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, faith without, with, without corresponding action is dead, and faith works through love. Number five, we are in a momentum of progress. You may not know that through the pandemic and so forth, but be sure of this. Nothing takes God by surprise. What the enemy meant for harm, God always turns around for good. You guys in your families, you've been through struggles and trials. Everywhere where my wife and I have had hard times and challenges, it's built muscle in our marriage and in our relationship. By the way, happy anniversary to Pastor John and Jana Moore, 46 years today. God bless you. God bless you. Happy anniversary. And it took something for them to get there. Adaptation and, 
and flexibility and tolerance and development and love. They're honest. They'll tell you. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. Number six, we have a vision too big for human fulfillment. We have a vision too big for human fulfillment. I go to a church where we're believing God for a billion souls. I go to a church where we come into a building and a few months later it floods and then God begins to do his thing through his people and brings an amazing, wonderful directive. I serve a God that causes us to be sustained when they tell us we can't meet for several months, when we see all kinds of variants and all kinds of conflict in the world, and we recognize that, that the world is passing away and all of its lust, but the one that does the will of God will abide forever. We've got a vision that's too big for human fulfillment. Same thing with Abraham and Sarah. In hope against hope, they believed. God says, hey, I want you to have a baby. In fact, Abram, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many nations. So you're going to have the, the embarrassment of faith proceeding. You're going to have to walk around and say, hi, my name is Abraham. Oh, really? You're the father of many nations? You don't have any children. Well, I will. And he and Sarah had Isaac, and Isaac had Jacob, which became Israel, which then from the Jews came salvation, which now through that lineage, here we are, impacted by that great couple. With David, with David, he goes out as a little shepherd boy. He comes out as a champion that slew Goliath, a giant. How did that happen? How did that transpire? The same way you're going to get your victory, the same way you're going to overcome your battles, yeah. understanding the faithfulness of a supernatural, mighty God that is a very present help in the time of need. He's with you in the battle. He's with you in the temptation. He's with you. He's been with me when I was complacent and dull. He's with me when I succumbed to the pressures. He was with me when I got confused. He's not the God of confusion. Confusion didn't come from him, but he helped me sort it out. He's walked me through so many trials. Has he you? Isn't that your testimony? I love Christianity because it's unvarnished. It's not pretentious. There's no plastic involved. This is the real deal. This is the real deal. We get to live an authentic Christian life, including its trials and challenges. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of them all. And lastly, we have a healthy track record. The Lord has been good to us. The Lord has been good to us. All scripture, it's inspired by God, so it'll inspire you to walk with God. It's inspired by God, so it'll show you the path and the way of escape with every temptation. It'll help you to know how to conform and flow. It'll show you targets. These upcoming days, God has promptings and directives that he wants to signal to you. His spirit bearing witness with your spirit. Proverbs says the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. He searches all our innermost being with it. So here's what I like about the scriptures, many aspects of it. It's a piercing instrument. I saw a magnified microscopic level video of a fertilization of an egg. And they used this very, very precise and sharp instrument to introduce the sperm into the egg. And it's on such a sub-microscopic uh, level, it's so, 
it's smaller than a human hair. It's so fine and it's super sharp. I was so impressed with how sharp it was that it could pierce that wall of that egg and get that single cell sperm in there. And then it, it was just fascinating to me. The word of God, it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. This is why I love the Bible. It's God's thoughts. It's alive. His word is spirit and it's life. The entrance of it gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Remember I told you I grabbed my flashlight last night? I don't have any dings on my shins. I did good. I navigated through. I turned the light on. Oh, but I was so glad to have some light on the subject. And I just pray you come into this understanding. Psalm 119 verse 105 emphatically states that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. Psalm 119 verse 130 goes on and elaborates it like this. The entrance of his word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Oh, hallelujah. In keeping it, there's great reward. In keeping it, there's great reward. When you're a doer of the word, according to James chapter one, this person will be blessed in whatever he does. And I want to see in your lifespan increased blessing. As your pastor, I'm burdened at the end of the day. I have this, this burden to see you guys achieve the things you're called to achieve. I want to do everything I can to contribute to that, to hear about the wonderful blessings and breakthroughs. You run for a political role in your community, and you provide leadership there. You're a teacher, and you start teaching students how to develop and be prepared for this crazy time we're in in this future. You're a doctor, and I pray God gives you such acute wisdom, and your patients get so touched and so helped and so strengthened and so blessed. You're a mother, and I pray your kids would rise up and call you blessed and cooperate with God and be nothing but a blessing to you going forward. I pray your marriages flourish. I pray in your single life you enjoy yourself. I pray in your spiritual life you thrive and you grow and you shine and that you're equipped, you're trained. Jesus was concerned and said, man, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And he told us to pray that the Lord of the harvest would thrust forth laborers into the harvest field. I feel in a very real sense a big part of the responsibility of a church like ours is steady equipping, instruction, training, and righteousness that we could be picking things up in a moment like this, realizing I'm a sort of kaleidoscopic presenter. I, I, I share things like in an extemporaneous way. That's just the anointing on my life. That's just my personality and my style. I used to feel kind of bad about it when everybody, I'm a teacher and you're just a pre preacher. All preaching is is teaching that's louder. By the way, the Holy Spirit is your teacher anyway. I'm under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You're under the teaching of the word with an equipping entity, a pastor, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. You have a calling on your life. It's called the ministry of reconciliation. You have a calling on your life. It's called to show forth his excellencies, to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the desires of the flesh. He's called you to have signs, wonders, and miracles follow you as an individual. Us as a collective, we as a people, the wonderful body of Christ throughout all the time 
zones and all the nations. There's such a wonderful thing in Brazil and Colombia and Peru and Chile, down below in South America, Central America, Guatemala, Belize and Panama and all these places, all around in Africa. I've seen it. I've seen the mighty African Christians, and particularly in Nigeria. I watched what God's doing amongst that people group. I watched what God did amongst the hippies when I got saved as a teenager. I watched Jesus take hippies and lost people and touch their lives and turn them around. I saw cold formalism be addressed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And denominational churches experience mighty change in my lifetime. What am I believing for? What am I expecting? I'm getting my eyes on him and I want to stay in the book. Because if we meditate on the word day and night according to Psalm 1, Whatever we do will prosper. Wherever we go, we'll see signs, wonders, and miracles follow. How many of you are interested in seeing that come to pass? It's not a fantasy. Hallelujah. The Lord is faithful. And we sense that in our spirit. And we factor that in in our thought processes. And we refuse to quit and we refuse to be denied and we refuse to be distracted. We stagger not at the promises of God. We grow strong in faith, giving glory to him. Regarding him faithful who promised. If Abraham and Sarah could birth a child, then we can see the salvation of the Lord in our particular cases. We can see the seasons of our lives filled with the purposes of God. I'm saying the last 11 years of my dad's life were his best. Some of the people that Dick Mills and people that T.L. Osborne and some of the great Christians that impacted my wife and me and impacted our church indirectly or directly, they got sweeter and more effective the older they got. Right. Pastor Jim, Virginia. In fact, stand up, Tannis. Tannis is wearing one of her mother's elegant cover, uh, beautiful peacock feather, beautiful. That is a beautiful girl wearing her mom tribute outfit. I by the way, thank you for sharing your mother and your dad with our church. And thank you for letting us be part of their family. They were parents to us. And, and your mom was so sweet to me. I think I was her favorite. <laughs> she made me feel that way. I'm not going to look anymore at her. because. Did you know you're God's favorite? You may have such low self-esteem. My mother sat me down and talked to me for hours, belittling me when I was a kid. That's why talking with Reinhard Bonnke, he had some similar situations. But I'm not mad at her. Here's what he said. I don't hold it against her. You know, he said that. And uh, so life forms us one way or the other. Do I have a chip on my shoulder? No. I, that got healed. And when I hold my little grandbabies, I think, man, thank God I had a mama. And I come to church and I think, God, this is such a wonderful, beautiful, cleansing, healing time. You want to know how I feel? I sense like we're in the cleaning cycle of a washing machine. For a while it was agitation, and then it was spin, and now it's rinse, and we're about ready to come out downy soft. Let's all stand up on our feet, hallelujah. Having done all to stand, we stand. God's word is our foundation. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. Now, I want to finish the service with prayer because in case you need it, 
I pray for healing. I pray for breakthrough. If you're not saved, ask somebody to pray for you, the sinner's prayer with you to so say you come to the Lord. If you've been away from God, this is a prayer of dedication to come back to the Lord. Okay? So I want you to turn around and I want you to just say, man, I'm full of the word. I'm full of faith. Let's pray for blessing on your life. Ready, set, go. Hallelujah.